Let's pray, shall we? Dear Lord, uh, as we explore supernatural ministry and the spread of the kingdom of God, we ask for your presence and power to be here in our midst, Lord. Even as we talk about healing this morning, I pray that there would be healing. Healing of the heart and spirit for sure, but healing of the body as well. I pray that you would give us, uh, through compassion, uh, signs of your presence as our sicknesses and injuries are healed today. We commit ourselves uh, to your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In your uh, bulletin this morning, uh, you'll see uh, Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8. And these, this is a command that Jesus gave to his followers, his immediate followers, um, had to do uh, with their ministry in the world. He's sending them out uh, without him uh, for what is the second time uh, in the gospel story. He's put together a missions team of oh, around 70 people. As you go, proclaim this message, he tells them. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, Freely you've received, so freely give. Uh, that's probably a fairly uh, familiar piece of scripture uh, to many of us. Uh, and there are lots of sermons preached on it and lots of observations that we can make about it. Uh, what I'd like to point out uh, for purposes of this morning's sermon is uh, the variety and the unity of the commands that are in these verses. First, we are commanded to preach. Jesus tells his, tell his followers, as you go, proclaim this message. Some of your translations will say, preach this message, or even uh, speak this message or this word. And the message is what? The kingdom of heaven has come near. In the Luke version of this passage, it says kingdom of God, but kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven... Uh, kingdom means the king's dominion, the king's control, right? Um, so the control of heaven or the control of the king is where? Here. 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 So it has come near, or some of your translations will say it is at hand, it is touchable, or the English word we sometimes use for that is tangible. It can now be touched, and it touches us. God is here, is, is the message uh, sometimes called the good news in, in, in Scripture. Is it good news to have God here? I think it's fairly good news because uh, he's a cool character uh, and a fairly powerful fellow. And uh, to the religious Jews of the day that were hearing this message, that, that would have sounded like very good news because they expected that God was far off and rather angry at them. They had to do better at obeying the law. They had to get their act together in hopes that God would come near in the future at some point. Um, Jesus showed up and he said, no, uh, God is here already. And then he told his people, go out there and tell them that God is here, here already. Is that the only command in scripture to proclaim this awesome message? What are the other commands? Heal. Heal the sick. We are commanded to heal the sick. Raise the dead. We are commanded to raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. In other words, you know, purify the untouchables. The lepers were uh, rejects of their day. They were considered accursed. Drive out demons. 
And then he sort of adds this little thing at the end. Freely you have received everything that you have. Uh, you know, you didn't pay for I gave it to you. And so you got you to gotta give it away. Um, don't, don't hold back. Be very free uh, about this. How many of you have thought about that before? How many of you know that we as followers of Jesus are commanded to share the message? Share, share the good news? How many of you have realized that you are actually commanded to heal people supernaturally? Four out of five times in Scripture where this command to go and preach uh, the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of God is near. Four out of five times that happens in Scripture we're also commanded uh, to heal. Um, and it's easy to understand this. It's understand, easy to understand why they go together because healing ministry, healing someone miraculously is a great demonstration of God's compassion. It's a great demonstration of God's presence. It's a great testimony. It's, a, it's an evidence of God's uh, presence and power and willingness to be with us, right? God is willing. God is willing. Um, the other observation I have about these commands is that everything in this passage sounds hard to me. Like, is it? And, and the first one that's hard is, you know, preach. Preach evangelistically uh, about the kingdom. Go out there and tell them that this God thing is really good news. Um, how many of you preach uh, to the world? You preach evangelistically. You do it every week. All right, four or five. And I asked earlier, how many of you know that we are commanded to preach the gospel? And you know, hundreds of hands went up. And then I asked, how many of you do it weekly? And you know, a handful of hands uh, went up. Why is that? Is it because of ignorance? Is it because you do not know the command? It's because it's hard. Yeah. We're afraid of it because, because it's hard. I mean, what, what might happen? Rejection. People might think you're not cool. <laughs> People know you're not cool. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, where I'm standing right now, people know. People know. I'm, I'm cool, and you're sarcastic. Fantastic. You may stay. There are always challenges involved in preaching. All right, so, so, so preaching the good news, even under the best of circumstances, apparently is a little hard. All right, healing people supernaturally, technically impossible. You know, we call it a miracle. Why do we call it a miracle? Because it's not supposed to be possible. Um, but of course, you know, we're very blessed at Blue Water. We have all sorts of healing testimonies. Uh, we've had, we shared a lot here recent weeks. I bet if, I, if we had time this morning and I surveyed the crowd, uh, we would gather some healing testimonies. Apparently, uh, Nikki Chung came in sick and Jeannie healed her of her, uh, well, I don't know what, sick. She was injured. She had like a neck and shoulder pain uh, because she needed to know, go take care of the kids and... I don't know, 30 seconds of ministry, and she got healed, and then she went off to care for your keiki. Um, so, you know, we get stuff like that. We've learned that it's not really impossible for God, uh, and, uh, and that's, that's encouraging. How many of you heal people every week? You're such a disobedient people. How many of you raise the dead every so often? 
I guess to be obedient, you just have to try. Josiah? All right. Um, I've tried. I know some stories. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's supposed to be part of our uh, obedience life. Um, we, we, get, we get testimony of fruitful preaching of blue water. You know, many of you are here this morning because recently somebody preached to you, somebody shared with you, somebody explained to you the love of God, and, and you bought it, and you started exploring, and, and you found the presence of God, the kingdom of God was near, and, and you are here this morning as a follower and a worshiper. Perhaps many of you have experienced uh, miraculous healing in, in your bodies as well. How many of you have experienced miraculous healing in your bodies? Oh, yeah, so, you know. Uh, we, are, we are fortunate that way. But the reason that we have had these experiences of coming to the Lord through somebody's preaching or experiencing miraculous healing is because somebody was obedient in your proximity. Someone was obedient uh, to these very basic commands. But how many of you have ever tried to explain the love of God to someone only to have them reject it? And how many of you have tried to heal somebody supernaturally only to fail? Yeah, so... Failure in any of those instances is disturbing, but often failure in healing ministry is particularly disturbing, particularly if you're ministering to someone who is maybe at death's door, has a very serious illness, because you, you, you experience that failure in real time, don't you? <laughs> you know, very emotional uh, time is running out. But obedience is obedience. We have to do it nonetheless. Even if it's hard, even if it's emotionally disturbing, we must do it and we must grow in it. This applies to preaching and it and applies to things like supernatural healing ministry as well. Uh, so we are doing this sermon series on supernatural ministries like healing. And, and what we've talked about so far, we, we decided that supernatural ministry is, is about power. Like any ministry, healing ministry is a partnership with God. The power comes from God to do supernatural things. But we need to do the things that grow us in God's power. All ministry is a partnership. God gives us the word, we go and preach it. God gives us supernatural power, we go and heal people. Our bit is to do the things that really increase the flow of God's power in us. And we talked about those things last week. Uh, we talked about authority and gifting and faith and consecration, uh, about which I will say more in, in just a, a second. But uh, healing ministry, like other supernatural ministries, uh, uh, well, ab about them I would say this. It's not how you go about doing them. It's how much power you have when you do them. When I first got involved in healing ministry, I got very excited. Um, I, used to, uh, I used to play football back in the day. I know, hard hard to tell, uh, looking at me, that I was ever uh, athletic. Um, but when I was about 18 years old, um, I, I fractured my spine in a football game. Uh, and, it, and it was very uh, painful for about three and a half years. Uh, through most of my college years, I was in pain. Um, and then um, one morning I went to a church service like this. Somebody had a prophecy that there was a young man present with an injured back. God wanted to heal that young man. I volunteered quickly. Uh, went up front, uh, the woman who had the word pray for me, uh, this little energetic Chinese girl named Sonia prayed for me. And, uh, yeah, she was so cute. Uh, laid hands on my back, my back bubbled and the pain instantly went away. And, and if I wasn't interested in healing ministry before, I became very interested in healing ministry from then on. 
uh, because it had significantly improved uh, my life. I read a bunch of books on how to go about healing people, and almost every book that I read said the same thing. It's like, you have to be very clever in how you go about doing it. You have to get the technique right. And the books were about like when to lay on hands and what to say and whether to use anointing oil. Uh, what I discovered with that, that was all bunk. Um, it's not how you go about healing someone. It's how much power you have when you heal someone. So I liken it to lifting uh, a barbell uh, with a lot of weight on it. If you're going to bench press 300 pounds, sure. It's helpful to know a little technique. You grip the bar a little wider than shoulder width apart. You inhale and then you lift on the exhale. You know, sure. But having proper technique and bench pressing 300 pounds, not going to help you. Right, what do you need to lift 300 pounds? Power. You need to have developed a lot of muscle. And uh, that's what it's like when healing ministry. It's not so much how you go about do it. It's how much power you have when you do it. Uh, I read scripture and, and I felt like this truth was affirmed to me. I just read all the healing stories in the Bible. Uh, and, and what I found was that healing happens in a zillion different ways. When Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, he just walked over to her bed, took her hand, picked her up. And then she went and made them sandwiches. Uh, Jesus healed 10 lepers on the road one day. Apparently he healed them. This is how he healed them. He said, go tell uh, the priests about your healing. And as they went to the temple, they were healed. He gave the, them a command, and as they were following it, they were healed. Uh, in Gethsemane, uh, Peter chops off a servant's ear. And Jesus just picks it up and sticks it on. Pretty straightforward. Um, so he touched in that case. In Mark chapter 5, the woman with the 12-year hemorrhage snuck up behind Jesus and touched him. And that triggered the healing. Um, Jairus's daughter, Jesus healed her uh, with, with the word. Um, uh, the blind man in Bethsaida, Jesus laid hands on him. Twice, because it didn't work the first time, uh, or didn't work fully, uh, at least. Uh, the guy with the withered hand, Jesus said, stretch it out. Just told him to do something impossible. So he did it, and it worked. Uh, so that was a, a nonsensical command. Uh, the centurion's, centurion's servant was healed at a distance by Jesus' word. The servant wasn't even present, wasn't even in the vicinity. And Jesus just said to the centurion, well, your servant's better. Just made a declaration, and it came true as he said it at that very hour. Uh, the paralytic who was lowered through the roof was first forgiven by Jesus and then healed. But in John chapter 9, uh, with the man born blind, Jesus insisted to his disciples that sin played no part in the situation. And just smeared mud on the guy's eyes and sent him away to wash. And as he washed, he was, be, he was healed. Which is a technique, frankly, I have never yet used. I always threaten to do it. Next healing service, we'll just have a vat of mud <laughs> up front. Oh, the kingdom would come, don't you think? Are you with me? King, a vat of mud and a kiddie pool? If people think blue water is a bit nuts now... Uh, that would be cool. Jesus sometimes applied saliva, you know, deaf ears, sometimes mud. 
Anyway, you name it. You name it. Oh, whatever, whatever technique works, I think, is the technique that, that you should use. I wanted to review uh, quickly uh, the power equation that we talked about last week. These are, uh, I call them power elements, things, or are really sorts of things that we can do to grow in power. And these things sort of add together in our lives to determine the amount of God's power, supernatural power, that we flow in. We talked about authority. How do we increase God's authority in our life? By obeying what God tells us to do, we have uh, God's authority if we respect God's authority. The centurion said this to Jesus, right? Look, Jesus, I too am a man under authority. I say to a soldier, go, and he goes. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. This was a guy who understood the power of obedience to higher authority. And he understood that Jesus was radically obedient to Father God. And so Jesus said, awesome, you get it. Your faith is off the charts. Your servant's well. I say the word. Um, Both Jesus and the centurion were moving in obedience on that day. Gifting. We have supernatural gifts, we are told in Scripture. Some of us has gift of healing. Some of us have the gift of administration. Some of us have the gift of prophecy. Do you need the gift of healing to heal somebody? No, but it helps. How do you get more gifting if you want it? You can ask God to give it to you through impartation. And what else? Partner with someone. Go find someone who has the gift of healing and bring them with you. That's, that's what I like. One, because it builds unity and partnership in the ter- church. And two, it's just lazier than asking God uh, to give it to you. Just use what someone else has. Uh, faith. Uh, wherever there is even a little faith, theoretically mountains can be moved. How do you get more faith? Try, take risks, live in radical faith, sure. Sharing testimonies, I think, spreads faith and encourages one another, which is why we value testimonies so much at Blue Water. Consecration. Uh, Whatever you sacrifice to God, he makes wondrously powerful for you, whatever it is. And as you live a a life of sacrifice, which is really a life of love, self-sacrifice is the definition of love, self-sacrificing for someone. Um, you grow in power uh, that way. All right, so we live a lifestyle of empowerment. It increases the flow of God's supernatural power in us and also draws us closer to God while we do it, uh, which is the genius bit of God's plan. And after that, uh, we just go heal people. End of sermon. Ready? Any questions? You guys are easy. Sometimes uh, when I'm giving a teaching like this at a conference, somebody asks me, okay, well, how? We understand that technique is negotiable, but how should I go uh, heal someone? So here is the basic uh, healing technique. Uh, You can write this down. Uh, Find this on the website because it's really, really complicated. Go to someone who is sick. Identify a sick person. And then say, be healed in Jesus' name. Go ahead and repeat that. You are trained. Congratulations. Um, If you have enough power, when you say that, a blessing flows. 
healing flows. If you want to be really fancy, you could, as our prayer ministry team often does and will do later today, lay your hand on someone's shoulder and say, Fantastic. Uh, you are trained at the 201 level. Um, that, that's, that's about all there is to it. You can get a little fancier. So I'm going to go to the 301 level now. Next slide. You can say, leg be healed in Jesus' name. Let's try that. So I've been doing healing ministry fully for like 25 years. And after careful research, I have determined that that one works really well when the issue has to do with legs. In the name of Jesus, fever be broken. I find that that one works really well when people have a fever. You can go crazy with this. In the name of Jesus, stomach don't hurt. That one works really well for sick stomachs. Are you following me? So you don't have to be a rocket science scientist uh, to figure this. Are there any rocket scientists in the crowd today? Rocket scientist slash surfer. Only in Hawaii. Awesome. But you don't have to be a genius to figure this out, right? You just have to find some way to trigger it. It's really about the power that you have, which is why the woman who snuck up behind Jesus and made contact with his garment in faith experienced all the power uh, that, that he had. There you go. There is a certain thermodynamics to healing. Uh, thermodynamics is a, a study in physics of the flow of heat through objects. Um, and I call it a thermodynamics of healing, uh, you know, mostly to be funny. Uh, but but to, uh, to just remind people that healing flows from person to person. So power flows from person to person in the kingdom of God, just like truth flows from person to person. Love flows from person to person. Um, and anything that flows from point A to point B, I also learned this in high school physics, it takes time uh, to get there. You know, distance, uh, in classical physics anyway, always involves time. I know you were thinking about quantum physics, Seth. Um, you lay hands on someone and you say, be well in Jesus' name. And it might take a few moments for, for the, the power uh, to flow. Um, I remind you of stories like in Mark chapter 8, the blind man in Bethsaida. Or outside the city of Bethsaida, actually. Somebody brings to Jesus a blind man. Jesus lays hands on him and says... Be healed. And then says, well, what do you see? Which is great. I love it that Jesus was not fancy about these things. He was like, did it work? You know, and that was Jesus. So I feel perfectly uh, happy to do that myself. Well, let's heal. Did it work? <laughs> you know, tell me. Let's be very, very practical about this. And the man replied, do you remember? Well, I see people, they look like trees walking. In other words, it worked a little bit. But, you know, I, Jesus, I, by golly, I think I can see something, but it's all kind of blurry and hazy. And Jesus says, well, he does the same thing again. He puts his hands back on. And then the story says, and then the man could see perfectly. 
Uh, so Jesus had to take a couple whacks. About these healing stories, we don't know how much time they took. Right? We know that at least occasionally, even for Jesus, it took multiple whacks. Right? Which is just like every other ministry we do, right? You know, you're going to preach to someone, you're going to testify, you're going to witness to someone. Sometimes they just receive the love and the kingdom of God, boom, instantly in the first instance. Sometimes it takes a lot of repeat tries, doesn't it? Well, healing can be the same way because in the kingdom of God, blessings flow from person to person so very often, and that can take time. So don't be discouraged if it takes time or if you get only a partial healing in the first go-around. Follow up. If Jesus had to take two whacks, I will have to take 20. You know, I am not deterred. I just remain obedience, obedient, and, and I do this stuff. There are extreme stories of the flow of healing power in Scripture, like uh, when the woman snuck up behind Jesus and touched his cloak, and there was enough power there. It's like static electricity, and she gets healed that way. But evidently, the power around Jesus adhered even in his clothing. Uh, Paul, the apostle, touched handkerchiefs and aprons and things like that in the city of Ephesus and then passed those objects around the city. And whoever else touched those objects would be healed and or delivered of demons. Evidently, the power that adhered in Paul adhered in whatever he touched and was released. Again, a little bit like a static charge. Things flow uh, from person to person, even through objects. That's why today we sometimes use healing oil or holy water, things like that. It's just a convenience. It's just a way to get, you know, just to move blessing among us, uh, which is what we do. You can, if you are really clever, uh, pick a technique that leverages the moment for power is, is the way uh, I, I say it. If you are ministering to someone uh, and uh, you have a lot of faith but they don't, that can be a problem, right? Uh, Jesus encountered this problem uh, when he was uh, dealing with uh, the paralytic uh, near the pool. You know this story? And the paralytic had laid by this pool for years and years because the, the water was reputed to have healing power every once in a while. And so Jesus encounters the paralytic, and, and it's Jesus, right? So you know what's going through his head. Boy, I'd really like to, to see this guy healed. But he doesn't just heal him. What does he do? He starts a conversation, and eventually he says to the guy, do you want to be healed? Do you, do you want to be well? What was that about? It's kind of an off offensive question. That was Jesus trying to spark a little faith in that fellow and then it said Jesus, you know, looked at him and gave him a command. Shocked him out of his complacency, his depression, his hopelessness. You know, a little pastoring of faith in the moment can go a long way. When Jesus was healing the dead girl in Mark chapter 5, he paused, turned to the girl's parents and said, Don't be afraid, just believe. And I don't know if we have the full text of, of the full conversation, but I'm sure that was the gist of it. I need you to get your faith on here. I'm about to resurrect a dead girl. Come on. Are you with me? Help me out. Help me out. Uh, that's why when we do healing services or healing ministry, I really try to get everyone to participate together. Right? Because if you're not lending faith, sometimes you are lending complacency or apathy or doubt or something like that. The environment counts. 
where faith is concerned. Uh, so, you know, what are, what are some techniques to trigger faith? You can just be generally encouraging. I always tell stories. You know, uh, I have at this point in my ministry seen miraculous healings of just about every kind of disease, of disease or injury. The one that I personally have not seen yet, I've never seen blind eyes healed. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen paralyzed limbs uh, come back to life. I've seen spines straighten. Uh, I have seen uh, uh, twice in the last couple of months cavities feel, filled automatically. Um, uh, cancer uh, cured. Um, I don't know. You name it, right? So I have, that, that's all very cool. You know, that's cool for me. Yay. You know, that's fun. Um, but it also gives me a stock of stories to share. Uh, and when someone comes up to me and says, oh, well, you know, I have, I have, a, you know, an ulcer, <laughs> I can say, oh, let me tell you a story about when I saw that healed. Can raise faith uh, through testimonies. We're in it for the stories. Uh, get some. And you get them by trying. And if you don't have some, hang around the people who do. Uh, and, and that will really help uh, you get your own. Forgiveness is something that often, I think, builds faith. When the paralytic was lowered through the roof and Jesus says, take heart, be encouraged. Your sins are forgiven. I, I think Jesus was perceiving that this guy was beaten down. He thought he was a failure. He thought he was a great sinner. So Jesus paused for a moment and said, you know, you're forgiven. You are forgiven. And I don't know exactly what the reaction was, but I can imagine the light go on. It's like, really? Because I'm paralyzed. I think I'm cursed. And I was just lowered through a roof, and somebody's going to be really angry about this. And Jesus is like, you're right with God. God is nuts about you. That was a faith-building moment. And then Jesus ministered to him. So we can do that. We can be human about it. Uh, and you might think uh, about that. There are techniques to trigger obedience. So very often in Scripture, uh, healing is triggered with a command. Stand up and walk. Or what Jesus said uh, to the paralyzed guy in uh, the roof story. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. I remember reading that when I was a kid and thinking, what's with the mat? <laughs> right? I mean, stand up and walk. You know, but isn't it just like an adult, I thought. Stand up, make your bed, and walk. <laughs> what? Well, what is that? And, and I think what that is, it is Jesus is providing an opportunity to obey. Right? And if we respond to a command, we are in obedience, and that releases authority. And obedience is a big power releaser in the kingdom of God. Stretch out your hand. It's impossible. Stretch out your hand. Okay. Oh my gosh, it worked. You move in obedience and it releases power. You know? Why did Jesus smear mud in the blind guy's eye in John chapter 9 and send him to the pool of Siloam to wash? There are easier ways to go about miraculously healing a blind guy. What was that about? Well, I think the blind guy who had been born blind was beaten down and a bit depressed and used to being led about by the hand. And so Jesus came up with a way to get him to move in faith. Wash, I need your participation here. This is going to work. And you get to decide right now by either throwing a fit that I just put mud in your face or going and doing what I said. And the guy went and washed and was healed. Obedience releases power. It's another great way. Another thing you can do is to leverage your gift. 
If, uh, if you have the gift of healing, you can just lead someone, or the gift of leadership, you can just lead someone into healing. I think I'm a pretty gifted leader in some ways. So, you know, if somebody is uh, injured in a limb or something, I will try to minister to it. And then I will say, okay, come on, follow me. Because that's kind of my gift. And they start doing something. And lo and behold, it releases some power. I use leadership to trigger obedience in them. I'm fairly gifted prophetically, so instead of saying, be healed, I will leverage my prophetic gift and say, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. I see it revealed. I'm declaring it. And you see Jesus do that. You know, gifted prophet to the centurion. He said, your servant's better. I declare it. And thus it happens. Lots of these you can study uh, in your Ohana groups. Uh, Don't ask yourself, what's the correct technique to use to heal somebody? Just say, why is that technique being used in this moment? And it has something to do with releasing power. And that's really all I have to say this morning. That's all the coaching that I have uh, about healing ministry. What I would hope, what I covet for Blue Water Mission is that we would have a whole community of healing. Uh, I love the comments in Scripture like we get in James uh, chapter 5. James is just giving some practical advice to the church leaders to whom he's writing. And he says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil for the flow in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, faith, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven too. Just throw that in there. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, consecrate. Confessing sins, making sacrifices um, so that you may be healed, so that you will have more power to be healed, I would say. Uh, The prayer of a righteous person, of a consecrated person, a just person. Uh, literally, the translation is, is powerful and effective. What I love about this passage is that he just tries to make things obvious. If you are in trouble, pray for help. It's what we do, people. Uh, If you are happy, sing songs of praise. It's what we do. You know, if you're happy, you bless God for it. And if you're sick, well, you call the ministry team and you have them pray for you. It's what we do. It's what we do. Okay, sure, a few things help. Um, you uh, can offer the prayer in faith. Um, uh, you can exercise forgiveness, you know, because that builds faith and clears things out of the way. Confess your sins one other. You can consecrate, um, you know. But it's what we do. Don't be sitting around the church sick and not do anything about it. Don't do that. That would be anathema. That would be offensive to the kingdom. And that's really what James is saying. We are a community of Jesus' commands, right? We follow what he said. And what did he say to do? Among other things, he said to heal. He said to preach, to share, to gather in, sure. And use healing to accomplish that. Who wants to obey? All right. How many of you are sick or injured today? How many? Where? Where are you? I mean, this is what we do, right? You come to, come to church sick or injured and not ask for prayer, that would be silly. And disobedient, by the way. So if you are sick or injured today, uh, and you can, stand up wherever you are. 
You got something going on? And those of you uh, around these people, uh, you are now the ministry team. Uh, So gather around them, uh, lay a hand on their shoulder, and heal them in Jesus' name. If you want to be really polite about it, you can ask them quickly, oh, what's wrong? And they will tell you in one sentence, we will not review your medical history. Just say, I hurt here. I am sick here. That's about all you need to say. Some of you Blue Water regulars, if there's a group that is like all visitors or people you don't know, hop in that group because you have done this before, no doubt. All right, now here's what I want to say to you. Um, I have told you everything that you need to know about healing ministry today. Certainly everything that you need to get started because there's not much to it, right? Right? Uh, So you should be able to do this. Do the ministry in Jesus' name. Jesus, we uh, begin by praying what you taught us to pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom be at hand. And let it manifest here to your glory, to your compassion, love, and let your power flow. Let your will be done. We will be obedient to it. In Jesus' name, brothers and sisters, be healed. All right, minister away. I'll give you three minutes. Do it in such a way that creates faith, which means be bold and have faith. Do it with obedience, which is to say follow any suggestion the Holy Spirit gives you in your heart. More, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. So that was, that was very quick, right? Any of you already experienced some healing? In, or if you can tell, I know that you can't always tell. It depends on the condition. Just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to share right now, but anybody already experienced some healing? Yes, we got one there. Anyone else? Over there. Cool. All right, so not bad for three minutes. Snaps for Jesus. Can I uh, have the uh, communion servers come up, please? And can I have the ministry team come up? So there are a number of people. These are people that exercise regularly at our Dunamon, our spiritual gifts training uh, session. Uh, The healing ministers can go over by the Micaiah wall. And this is how we'll end the service. Come up and share in communion with us. And then if you have need for ministry today, you have need for healing in your body or for some prophetic guidance in your life, or you just want to get started with Jesus and you want somebody to pray for you as you begin your life with him, approach one of these people on the ministry team and ask them to pray for you. They will probably just invite the Holy Spirit to come and to give you some supernatural help. And we get a lot of great stories that way. But come share in communion first, please. Father, I do pray that you perfect your agenda for every person and that you would multiply the testimonies of faith in our midst. I pray, Lord, that you would create more testimonies for you than we can keep track of and reasonably share. I thank you, Lord, that you have deposited your kingdom in each of us, and I thank you for the variety and unity that we are.
In Jesus' name, amen.